Blog Talk Radio. The headlights are a cut in the fog on a midnight highway. And 18 wheels are a driving through the dawn. There's a Blue Ridge Mountain sunrise filling the mirrors And the ashtray's full, the coffee's almost gone And the truckers heading west to Colorado Passing the miles with his friends on the CB coast And tonight the truck stops somewhere out in nowhere And tomorrow's the wind and the open road And I believe he's gonna drive that rig to glory And I believe I feel the freedom in his story Riding that diesel wine Chasing that long white line Dropping that load on time And he's going home Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Interactive Internet. I'm your host, Pete Carr, welcoming you to our Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening edition of the Interactive Internet. And uh, I see Lou is here this evening. Hi, Lou. Hey, Pete. Okay, there's Lou. And uh, I had to take that off the speakerphone. Um, Brian just showed up, too. Hey, Brian. Hey, Dad. Yeah, there he is, folks. Okay, well, live from Ocala, Florida, this Sunday night. And that leads us into our topic of discussion tonight. Um, we have a couple other things going, and uh, we always uh, we always want to get Lou and uh, Brian on to update us as to what they've got going, and then we will kind of get in. I, I picked the, the presidential election campaign as our topic of discussion. And my question is, where are the presidential candidates? Um, you know, I, I started the show live from Ocala, Florida, it's Sunday night. And that's a reference to Donald Trump being on Saturday Night Live last night. Um you know, we, we don't have presidential candidates. We've got entertainers going on. But anyway, um, Lou was here first, folks. So, Lou, why don't you update everybody, give us a couple of minutes, uh, what's been going on with you? Oh, not a whole lot. I uh, changed stores. I'm going to a store closer to home when I come off vacation, which is I'm on vacation right now, which is a good thing, one that I'm not – having to dedicate to traveling somewhere with not enough time. I'm doing what I want to do when I want to do it this week, and that's the best vacation of all. But other than yeah. that, everything else is going good. I've yeah, got you here, have... so that's even better. Also, you have company this week, don't you? Yes, I do. I've got yeah, you here. Who's, like uh, who's, who's, who's hanging out at your house? Mm-hmm. So if it gets noisy, it's because somebody made a noise and upset the dog. 
Oh, I said, who is hanging out at your house this week? You are hanging out at my house. Yep. Yep. Folks, I got a bed without wheels. <laughs> um, and and really, the past couple of days, I think all I've done is pretty much slept around. Um, not not in a bad sense, but slept around. You know, I went from from the bed to the bathroom to the couch. But now Friday, you went from the bed to the bathroom to the bed. Yeah. Yeah, I've been catching sleeping... up on my rest folks and and just kind of you know trying to chill out, like they say. Um, got the truck service last night up at the Petro. Um, that was like what a six-hour drive, something like that, though. Yes, we waited six hours. We got there about five thirty, and we got home about one thirty. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't too happy about that. About sitting around. Anyway, we got the truck full service. Um, got to check it out. You know, we'll probably check it out tomorrow. Uh, I've got the main reason that I'm off for this this weekend and this this following week here is I have uh, three days of appointments at the VA clinic in uh, in Ocala. Um, I'm diabetic, so I gotta you know I have to see my primary care about that and everything, and get some more medications and all that good stuff. And I have to see the eye clinic because I've got like seven or eight year old glasses that I've been wearing. So I need mm-hmm. to get that taken care of and uh, do lab work. So I've got three days worth of uh, VA appointments this week. Uh, and then also um, I have lab Tuesday morning at 8 a.m., which is just basically a blood draw, and that's it. And after that, uh, Mary Lou and I are going to go up to Tallahassee and uh, work on the Onco space up there, um, see what all needs to be done, what we need to get together to get that place up, up and running again. Uh, so we'll do that Tuesday, lay over there Tuesday night, come back Wednesday. And I have uh, primary care uh, physician on Thursday at the VA clinic. And um, probably load Friday uh, and get back out in the truck. And I know come Friday it's just not going to be long enough. You know, I'll be off a week, but a week just really doesn't seem like enough time for off for me. Um, Hey, folks, you know, um, I was going to say we're all getting older, but Guess what happens tomorrow? I get another year. I'm going to be 64 years old tomorrow, folks. And I was on Twitter earlier talking with one of my female constituents up in uh, Colorado, and she mentioned that her birthday was tomorrow also. Well, anyway, we talked back and forth and come to find out she's like four hours older than me. Her birthday is the same day, November 9th, 1951. And I didn't know that. I mean, I knew, you know, looking at her bio, it said that she's a Scorpio, but I didn't think about her having the same birth date. Anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. Hi, Lou. Yeah, it is. And you're not getting older. You're just adding... 
you're adding a year to the memories. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, tomorrow's a birthday. Uh, today, speaking of birthdays, today is Michael Brown's birthday. Uh, Michael Brown, former uh, head of FEMA and uh, talk show host up in Denver and all that, uh, a friend of mine on Twitter, and uh, I've met him in person. Um, his birthday is today, November 8th, and he is uh, three years younger than me. So he's younger. And then I think it was November 3rd was uh, David Sirota's birthday. And uh, Sirota and Brown used to have a, um, a radio show together out of Denver. And then David Sirota moved to, uh, moved to Los Angeles. But anyway, um, there's three, four birthdays that I know of right around, uh, right around mine. Uh, the one lady up in Denver... Uh, Michael Brown, David Sirota, and myself. And uh, anyway, there's that. We have that. I think uh, Mary Lou has something planned for tomorrow as far as my birthday goes. We'll see what happens with that. Anyway, um, you're, in, you're in a new store. You're, you're going to start a new store after you come off of this week's vacation, right, Lou? Yes. Okay, and uh, I was going to ask you, do you know the people up at that other store? Do you know them folks? Oh, yes. I've worked with them before. There's only, I've, I've told you this before, I think, uh, there's only three stores in my whole district that I would be comfortable working in, and this is one of them. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, well... I go, back, I go back to the early part of uh, 2000, like 2004, with everyone, almost everyone in that store. Yeah, um, I was going to mention it simply because you told me doesn't necessarily mean that you told the people in our audience. So we're we're pretending, you know, you have to pretend that everything is new, you know, clean me in. Uh, It's not because I have a failing memory because I'm getting ancient here. It's simply because, um, you know, sometimes we have to update the folks that may not have listened to uh, the show before. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, well, anyway, good luck with that, and uh, we'll see how that works. Uh, I know one thing for certain is that it is a, it is a less of a drive to go to work mm. at your new store than it is at, at the store you were at. Were at. Yep. It's about, That's it, 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 it's, it's half the distance or maybe even better. Yeah, half the distance and probably half the gasoline consumption. Yeah, so that's good. Okay, well, we will, um, you know, we'll we'll get an update from you in a couple of weeks and see how that's working out for you. Yep. Okay. All right, and uh, Brian is here, folks. Uh, You know, don't drive like my son, Brian. Uh, (laughs) Brian is here. Hey, Brian. Hey. Yeah, how's things going with you? Uh, uh, not too bad. Could be a little better. Yeah, sitting over at a uh, sitting over at a Petro, and uh, last night I was replacing my dash lights, and my truck ended up turning off. Couldn't figure out why. Um, 
had the uh, the mechanic take a look at my truck. He couldn't even figure out why. So obviously I did something good. Turns out it was the uh, the truck has five circuit breakers. Uh, kind of like you know a circuit breaker in your house. If you have too much power going to to a certain area, it ends up tripping a breaker, and that's that's exactly what happened to my truck. So pushed the breaker back in since it popped out. Turned my truck back on. Ended up staying in the motel last night, so I couldn't figure it out, but. All that because I ended up dropping a uh, a bulb behind my dash when I was replacing it. I had to put the bulb in a certain way. Well, I put it in, didn't work. Wanted to, to pull it out, turn it around, see if it'll work. And I ended up dropping it. So moved my dash around. There's so many wires back there and connections. So just I guess something touched something and ended up uh, popping a circuit breaker, but. Other than that, I have have a lot more issues going on with this truck. The uh, the AC doesn't work. Uh, spent about 150 replacing two belts that broke. The belts from the uh, alternator and the AC compressor, so I got those replaced. Uh, had a leak in a hose uh, for the AC system. Had that replaced. Filled the truck up with Freon. That was about $525. Truck was blowing cold air in the uh, front. It was blowing hot air in the in the sleeper. Um, next day, my my AC went out. Turns out I have a uh, an electrical issue with the AC switch. Every time I turn the AC switch on, I got a loud squeal going on. The fan in the sleeper turns off. Turn the AC switch off. The the fan in the sleeper turns back on. The uh, the the squealing stops. And, then uh, Wednesday night, my AC compressor locked up. So the belts that I just had replaced were completely fried. Got two shorter belts put on, going from the main fan pulley to the alternator, and just bypassed the uh, the AC compressor. So I got a lot of issues going on with this truck, but at least it still runs and and you know it blows kind of cool air, but not extremely cold. Supposed to deliver yeah, on Wednesday. Had four four deliveries Wednesday. Did one Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon. Was supposed to do the uh, the third one Thursday night. They were closed. Did that Friday morning. Last one was going to be Friday afternoon. Nobody was there, so now I got to wait till Monday. Oh, and where where is your last delivery? Where are you delivering at? That is over in Santa Cruz, California. Oh, okay. And I was supposed to go now, from Santa Cruz on, on Friday, have uh, the rest of Friday off, Saturday off, pick up Sunday over in Reno, two deliveries over in Las Vegas, and then go back down to uh, L.A. so I can get this truck fixed and the A.C. fixed once and for good. And so I can sit down with my boss and, and my dispatcher and the equipment manager and, and talk to them about uh, a bunch of communication issues that's going on. Yeah, and uh, well, I sit down with with my boss and dispatcher, figure out you know all these loads, the way I'm running, the way they're running me, and everything else. Yeah, how's um, how's the weather out there? Is it still hot, or is it starting to cool off out there? Been getting to about the mid to high 60s during the day, low to mid 40s at night. Right now, it's it's cloudy and it's actually kind of misting. It's not raining, but it's 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 misting. Yeah. Yeah, and you're you're in the middle of the Central Valley, the San Joaquin Valley. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh, that gets hot in the summertime. Of course, we're getting on the fall weather out there. Um, that's that's one thing about California. If you can stay out of the desert, you're you're in relatively cool air. Yeah, I'm, right now I'm in the Augustine, so I'm kind of in the the middle of California. Yeah, I know where you're at. Um, as a matter of fact, I had uh, I had some issues with my truck um, over there, and uh, I was headed towards Gustine, and I stopped in that TA there. Uh, there's a TA shop up there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I stopped up in there and got work done. Oh no, that was on a reefer. That's right. And then I went up to um I went up to the town of Gustine. I went to the uh went to the reefer shop up there uh right on I five and got my uh up there by Stockton and uh got my reefer worked on. I think that trip uh cost a little over three thousand dollars in repairs between the tractor and the trailer. Well, I so had far issues. with all the repairs that I've had done, it's it's been about twelve hundred dollars, and it's still not completely fixed. Because, like I said, I got to get the uh, a new AC compressor, get this electrical issue fixed, and, and everything else. Now, when I when I got the uh, the two belts put on, the shorter belts bypassing the AC compressor, the mechanic told me the total price was going to be twelve hundred dollars. That was for parts, labor, and a road service call because they had to send a uh, a mechanic out to my truck to, you know, actually figure out if they could fix it there. He told me that the AC compressor was going to be about three hundred to fifty to four hundred dollars, which is a really good price for an AC compressor. Normally they're, you know, what six, seven hundred dollars if not more. Next thing yeah. I know, he tells me that they're going to bypass the AC compressor, and they told uh, my equipment manager they were going to charge twelve hundred dollars for an AC compressor. Damn. So he told me one price, told uh, my equipment guy the a totally different price. Yeah, yeah. So, I yeah, mean, $1,200, well, and I, I still have issues with it. So once it's said and done, it's going to be about 3000 three, about two or $3,000. Are, are you are you going to take your truck back down to L.A. and let, let the company take care of the uh, compressor? Yeah, yeah, that's the uh, the plan. Uh, Ralph, yeah. my guy, so they can get a, a compressor cheaper down there. Plus, the electrician at the yard is gonna figure out why my AC switch is shorting out. Yeah, yeah, I've had AC compressors go. They they usually go out in June or July, and it's about a hundred damn degrees out. Yeah, well, when they when the AC uh, issue started going going bad, that was over in El Paso, and it was. It was hot during the day. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, yeah, that's that's the thing about trucking. It's one thing after another, you know. Um, as far as maintenance and stuff breaking down, it happens to me. It's happened to me for the last 30-some-odd, 40 years, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I've had issues issues with trucks off and on. I've blown in. I blew an engine up. West of uh, West of Phoenix, an old 318 Detroit. I blew that up. Had to get towed into a shop out there, and, and uh, had a complete rebuilt engine put in. You know, and I've had my what relatively minor stuff. 
um, lost the transmission out there one time. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, you can make big bucks trucking, but you also spend big bucks when it breaks down. Yeah, right now my plan is I'm going to stay in this truck instead of switching trucks, and I'm going to wait for everything to, to basically break down let the company pay for it. Once I, you know, if I do decide to buy this truck, which I probably will, uh, take it over to Freightliner, have them run a full diagnostic. So it tells me everything about the truck, what's good, what what's bad. Uh, go from there, and then once I do buy this truck, I have I have some big plans for it. Basically, when it's said and done, I, I my goal is to have the best looking truck that this company has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 folks. I ran into Brian up in Amarillo um, a couple weeks, month ago or so, and uh, it looked pretty good from there. You know, I saw it at night, um, but it still mm-hmm. looked pretty nice. Yeah, it's a good looking truck. As it stands right now, sitting at the house, I got a fourteen and a half inch drop visor uh, waiting for me. It goes on the front of the truck. I uh, still need the visor that goes above the driver's side door. I'm going to get the little chrome pieces that go below the doors. Uh, I'm going to put a air filter housing unit on the driver's side so it doesn't have one. It's just going to be a dummy one. Eventually, I'm going to get the frame stretched about two feet, put a 96-inch sleeper on, nothing but straight pipes, chicken lights, lights on the inside of the uh, the cab, lights on the outside, chrome. I got some big plans for it. Well, good. Good deal. It'll take it to take some time and a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well, okay. as far as having the nicest looking truck within a company, like father, like son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, my my truck uh, is coming along real nice. It looks a lot different than when I got it, and. Uh, Oh, what, about two months ago, I showed the owner of the company the truck. He hadn't seen it for a long time, and he was just really shocked and surprised and happy about how good my truck looked. Wait a minute. Here's an idea. Lou, since you mentioned, like, father, like son, why don't I go ahead and get my paint, uh, my truck painted bright yellow like that? No. Uh, no. <laughs> I, like your, I like your truck the way it is. <laughs> what color is your truck now? Yeah. Right. This, this truck is uh is just straight black, but eventually straight I'm gonna black. get a paint job. Boring. Yeah, it's just plain black. But I'm I'm gonna get a uh, paint job. I might get like a the two tone where it's one color on top, one color on the bottom. What color yeah. are you looking at? I don't know. I, I don't I don't have anything planned for paint. You know, color wise. Right now, I just want to try and get everything done. Once I get everything done, then go ahead and paint it. Well, you could do black and red. True. That would look good together. Well, I mean, I'm already getting blue lights. I got the blue dash lights, so, I mean, blue goes, goes pretty good with uh, red. Yeah. Well, Brian, Brian, let me <laughs> let me tell you something about black. Um, a friend of mine over at Horseless Carriage had a 56 Chevrolet Nomad station wagon, and mm-hmm. it was painted... It was painted in what they call cherry black. It was black, but when the light hit it, you could see the red underneath it. You know, the the, the black cherry color. It really yeah, looked yeah. sharp. It looked sharp. 
That's, the one thing I don't always, like about black, though, is, is it actually shows a lot of the dirt and dust. It does, yes. Yeah. So I might go with something else. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, um, you know, keep us informed. Send us pictures and all that, and uh, we'll see how that works out. Yeah, I don't think I sent you a picture of my dash lights yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, we can move. Do you guys have any uh, any topic to talk about, or shall we talk a little bit about the presidential candidates? If you would like to talk about them, I will let you do that. I don't really have an opinion about any of them because I'm not interested in any of them. None of them have shown me anything. Well, you know, and 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 that's exactly why I picked that topic because we have people running for president that, to my way of thinking, aren't very presidential. I mean, we have Donald Trump, who is basically now considered more of an entertainer than anything else. Um, Bernie Sanders, the the socialist candidate on the Democrat side. Um, he's pretty well out of touch with reality, as far as I'm concerned. Um, then you have, of course, Hillary Clinton, who nobody knows anything about her because she's she's kept everything hidden. Um, and she basically, when she gets before a group, she will say what the group wants wants her to say, and that's it. Uh, you know, she she says whatever they, she thinks they want they want to hear. But I don't really see any candidate right now that's talking about how good America is and how great America can be. You know, we we don't have anybody running for president right now that's really thinking about what a unique country we have and what a great country we have and, and what an even greater country we could have, you know. We used to be number one in the world. Nobody messed with the United States because they knew if you messed with the United States, we had uh, a military second to none that could take care of themselves in any theater of operations in the world. Well, Obama has gutted the military. You know, um, the, the Russian military is overtaking the American military. And there are people talking about if we had a war with Russia right now, we would lose because our military is so gutted. You know, um, when when something happens in the world, when there's a crisis in the world, and we expect our American leaders to come up and say, okay, you know, that's not right, and this is what we need to do, we don't hear that anymore. I mean, obviously, and and for a long time, you know, the Ameri- uh, the United States was thought as the world's policeman. If you did something wrong, the Americans were going to come after you. Well, we don't have that anymore. You know, we're not projecting democratic way of life with a small d for Democrat. We're, we're not projecting our democratic way of life onto the rest of the world anymore. We're being overtaken by China. Uh, we're being overtaken by Russia. And we're also being made 
look like fools um, in regard to the ISIS uh, crisis in the Middle East. And there is no candidate that I've seen, and, and you know, Lou knows I follow politics a lot closer than her, and I'm listening to these people. And I don't hear anybody saying, you know what, America's number one, and we are going to be the leaders of, in the world. We don't have that anymore. We don't have that coming up in a presidential candidate. You know, we're, we're literally trillions of dollars in debt, and unfortunately we are in debt to foreign countries, uh, primarily China. And nobody's talking about, you know, we need to get our financial house in order. We need to get our military strong again. We need to be number one. And that's what a president does. The president is the leader of the free world. president gets up there and says, you know, maybe our system of government isn't exactly right for you, but communism is not going to work. Socialism is not going to work. Um, totalitarian dictatorships are not going to work and we're not going to put up with it. We don't have that anymore. We are a second-rate nation and I'll be damned if I can find any presidential candidate that stands up there and and talks about America's greatness. And, you know, when when you have people like Donald Trump uh, go on Saturday Night Live, it makes a mockery out of the office of the president. The the presidential office that we have is the closest thing we have to a king or to royalty. You know, we expect them to be above all of us. They're supposed to be of the people, by the people, and for the people, but they should also hold themselves to a high standard. I don't see where appearing on Saturday Night Live is a high standard. Now, maybe once a person gets into office or something like that, they can go on Saturday Night Live as a guest. But, you know, this is part of his um, of his election campaign. And I'll tell you where this started, Lou. It was back in the Clinton years. And I can't remember what show it was that Bill Clinton was on. He was on one of the shows or talk shows, you know, like The View or something like that. And one of the hostess's questions to Bill Clinton was, do you wear boxers or briefs? Do you remember that, Lou? No, I don't, but that's a heck of a question. (laughs) Well, you know, that's what... That's what the presidency came down to. The biggest question on the biggest question in their minds was whether the president wore boxers or briefs. I thought it was it was ridiculous. You're right. But that's what we've come down to. You know, we're we're treating presidents and presidential candidates like rock stars. And not like the statesmen they should be. Exactly. We need to get back down to business. We need to quit messing around with everything and start doing what we should have been doing for many years now. Yeah, and see, 
exactly what you said before, that you haven't been paying attention, you haven't been following the presidential election or all that. That's, that is the feeling of most Americans nowadays because they don't see um, a statesman. They see an entertainer or, or somebody that's out of touch with America or a woman that goes and testifies before Congress and makes a mockery out of the congressional hearing that, that's, uh, that's questioning her. I mean, I looked at the still. I I looked at some of the some of the video, and I looked at the still pictures of Hillary Clinton testifying before the Benghazi committee, and I thought she is just she's ridiculing them. You know, she is not giving them the respect they deserve. When she's you very arrogant. She is. She is definitely arrogant, and I don't see that as a as a positive trait in a president. Nope. You know, how is she going to act when she has to go to a high-level meeting with a foreign leader? Is she going to treat them the same way that she treated Congress? You know, I, I don't see presidential material in Hillary Clinton at all, folks, at all. Well, you, if you look back when Bill Clinton was president, she really wasn't any different then than she is now. She was no more forthcoming answering questions then than she does now. She talked no, around and, it. And And the big thing back then was Bill Clinton was talking about revamping the health care industry in the United States and appointed Hillary Clinton to come up with a health care plan back then. And and her and her people all wrote this. She was not elected to anything. At that point, she had not been anything more than the First Lady of Arkansas and the First Lady of the United States. And neither of those are official government positions. There is nothing in our Constitution that says we have to have a first lady. They are unappointed. They are not a part of the government. They are not accountable. And yet Bill Clinton had her write up this Hillary care, which has morphed, morphed into Obamacare. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember came out with Hillary Care, I thought, God, I'm in real trouble. Because under Hillary Care, if you're traveling around the United States, you have to go back to your home physician. You can't see a physician out of your little network in your home area. That was screwed up. The whole thing was screwed up. There was a lot of things wrong with Hillary Care. You know, I, I don't th- and and getting off the track a little bit, but I don't think it's the government's business to run an industry. You're right. Um, we we have a free market economy, and that's what we need to have is a free market economy. Um, yes, there are certain regulations that I can go along with, especially when it comes to pharmaceutical drugs and the testing and and making sure that they're safe for the public consumption and all that, but. 
to run the healthcare system in this country. I do not believe it is the federal government's business. Now, people will come back to me and say, well, you have VA. Yes, I do. And that is a part of my military service. To me, the Veterans Administration healthcare system is the same thing as if I would go to a post hospital. When I signed up for the Army, I was guaranteed certain benefits beyond my active duty service, and one of them was VA healthcare. It's a part of my, it was a part of the package, my employment package, basically, when I joined the Army. Yes, it's run by the federal government, but so are the post hospitals and the base hospitals around on the Navy bases and, and Air Force bases. Um, that is a part of your service obligation. That's their benefit to you. That's why I go to VA. VA is different than civilian health care. You know, nobody guarantees you health care in this country. There is no, there is nothing in the Constitution that says the government must provide you with health care. Now, when you're a service member, the government must provide you with health care as a component of your employment to the government. And in the case of the military, that obligation continues after your active duty services ended. That's why we have a VA health care system. It is different than health care in this country. It is a totally different thing. And I have no problems going to the VA because that's a part of my active duty service. I earned that. They promised it to me as a condition of employment in the Army, and that's what they continue. But as far as health care, um, if you have an employer that pays health care benefits, that's fine. If they don't, that's fine too. You know, um, they've got it to the point where they make it a law that employers have to pay health care costs now. I don't think that's right. I think that should be an added bonus to an employer. Because if an employer wants a, wants a good quality employee, then they should offer them benefits. And if they don't, then you're free to go find another job that does. But now, it doesn't matter. Anybody with 50 or more employees has to have the health care benefits for you, no matter what company it is. So they've taken off the table one reason for you to go get another job. There's there's no difference now. So if you want to go get another job, uh, you're going to have to look at the other benefits, excluding health care, because health care is going to be covered. But getting back to the main point, you know, I don't see people that that are presidential, that are statesmen, that, that are talking up the United States. Yeah, maybe Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio are, to a certain extent, um, they are doing that. But for the most part, right now, every candidate is just simply shooting at one another. And I think things are going to change. I hope things are going to change when we have the primaries next spring and the candidates are picked 
when when they're voted on, when we have a Democrat candidate and a Republican candidate, then I think we need to start hearing. We really need to start hearing how good America is and how great it can be. And what are we going to do? You know, the candidates have to look at the world situation and say, okay, this is what we need to do. Nobody's talking about any of this. They're just shooting. They're sniping at each other. You know, how in the world can you get people behind you and to support you when, for the last year, you did nothing but put them down? Well, when it comes time for their support and they don't support you, don't be surprised. That's the way I look at it. You know, the um, the one debate, Republican debate that CNBC had, apparently that was a fiasco. And I've seen bits and pieces of it. I think it was one of the worst, worst-run debates I've ever, ever seen or heard. Um, stupid questions were asked by the moderators. The moderators were basically hostile to the debate candidates. And, and that wasn't the job of the moderators. Yet they, um, you know, what was it, the first question? um, Who is your biggest enemy? Was the first question to the panelists, to to the debaters? That's a stupid question. It it made absolutely no sense to me. I don't know. It's... It's gotten to the point where the presidential race is is entertainment. It's not, you know, we're we're talking about the leader of the free world here, people. Supposedly the most the most powerful man or woman on earth, and they should start acting that way, or somebody else needs to come in and start acting that way. Because from what I've seen, I wouldn't vote for any of them. You know, I can take the dozen or so candidates out there and I can pick single points that I can agree with, with most all of them. And I can pick out points that I disagree with. But for the most part, they lose me. You know, Lou doesn't follow politics as much as I do. And I'm getting to the point where I'm stopping the following. I'm not listening to him anymore. And I, of all people, should be listening to them. I'm not listening to them anymore because they're not saying anything that I've heard that's decent. Anyway, basically, that was my whole rant there, Lou. Really. No, that's been mine for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and, I mean, yeah, I I've... I've always followed, particularly presidential. I have always been, always followed and been involved. But the last couple, two or three, no, not the least bit. And it's getting worse instead of better. Yeah. You know, what really disgusts me is that early on, when uh, when Hillary Clinton was starting to, uh, you know, get the presidential campaign together. The Democrats basically came out and said that it was her turn to be president. <laughs> you know, this 
this isn't a little league baseball team, folks. And it's not your turn to be to be the team leader. We don't do that in this country. I mean, you may as well say that, that the presidency is nothing more than, um, you know, nothing better than a county clerk's office if it's your turn to be president. Nobody has a turn to be president. Nobody is guaranteed they are going to be the president next time simply because they are there. We don't need that in this country. You know, we got so many problems in this country that need to be repaired and can be repaired by somebody who will take the leadership and do it and, and you know, go above everybody else here. But I don't see it. Maybe things will change next spring. Uh, more people will drop out on the Republican side or something. And then we'll finally have a candidate. And then we can start examining what that candidate's saying. But I think the time for the candidates to talk about what they are going to do and, and where they're going to lead the country, I think that time was months ago when they first announced they were a candidate for the presidency. You know, yeah. I wanted to hear it months I wanted to hear it months ago. I don't want I don't want to have to watch a TV show that I don't care for to see what, what a presidential candidate has to say. I don't need to do that, folks. They should have that that information out every time they speak. You know, that was one thing about Ronald Reagan. Love him or hate him he always talked up the United States as a great nation. He always did. You know, I disagreed with a lot of Reagan's policies, and I really wasn't involved in the Republican Party back in the 80s. But anytime you heard Reagan talk, he talked about the greatness of America. I'm not hearing that anymore. That's, that's what I'm talking about here, folks. Let's get some positive comments out there. You know, tell me what you're going to do to make this nation stronger and greater than ever. That's what I want to hear, and that's what America wants to hear. And we're not hearing it, folks. We're we're hearing whether our presidential candidate wears boxers or briefs, you know, or can make fun of himself on on an entertainment show on Saturday night. You've got to realize something, folks. There's a lot of bad people in this world that would like to take this country down. And the, and right now, there's two things that would scare them. A strong military and a strong leader. And we have neither. You know, we had, in, in microcosm, we had that happen between Jimmy Carter and Ronald Reagan. Under the Carter administration, remember in Iran, the American embassy was taken over and everybody was taken hostage. Mm-hmm. And and Carter, Carter was very wishy-washy when it came to a response. Ronald Reagan was running for president at the time, and he said his first action as president would be to go go to Tehran, get his people out. 
Yep. As soon as as soon as Ronald Reagan was elected president, the Iranians decided we're not going to mess with this dude, and they let the hostages go. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of leader that we need now. You know, we've got a big crisis going in the Middle East that's spilling over into Europe, and nobody in this country is doing a thing about it. We need that to happen, folks. We do not leave, we do not leave, need the little tin pot dictators of the world telling us what to do. We're supposed to be the leader of the free world, not them. We've got a lot of problems coming, and I don't see any candidate addressing those problems. Not at all. Anyway, um, checking the time here. Yeah. Okay, uh, Lou, you were first up, so let me give Brian last word first. Because we're getting close to, close to time here, folks. So, Brian, go ahead. Um, with the whole military and the VA benefits, you know, how we used to have the strongest military, I think one thing you have to take into consideration is the military is underpaid. The VA system is, is kind of falling apart. So if regular people actually see that and they're like, no, you know, I was going to join the military, but, you know, I don't think it's worth it, then, you know, how are you supposed to actually build up the military to where nobody would want to mess with us. You know, if, if our military system doesn't pay enough for the, the benefits aren't what they, they used to be, nobody would want to join the military. So in order to have that happen, you have to change, you know, everything that's that's going on. The VA benefits, I mean, they're, they're falling apart. The VA system is falling apart. With me, I have VA benefits. I can't even get dental work done. I could just get regular health care, but I cannot get any dental. So in order to have the biggest military, yes, you, you have to change, make some changes in that. Um, the leader, the president, you know, yeah, you you made a very valid point with, with Reagan when he said, once I become president, I'm going to get my people. The whole situation in the Middle East, that... That right there is just a, a huge mess. Of course, Obama is not going to do anything about it because that's his quote-unquote relatives. So, I don't know. Donald Trump, yeah, he's he's more of an entertainer, but he has the money to fund his own uh, campaign. He's not relying on the people to fund his campaign. There are some points that I like about him. Yes, he wants to change the VA system. He wants to... Uh, get rid of the illegal immigrants, uh, make it so illegal uh, people that were born here do not automatically get citizenship. The rest of them I don't really care about. Hillary, she could be deported out of this country for all I care, but there's there's my take on it. Yeah, and, uh, and, and you're raising a really valid point where the military used to be uh, a career option for people, but mm-hmm. with with the pay with the pay system, um, people are better off going to work at McDonald's. Yep. Well, some people have said that we need to reinstate the draft, but 
I think you need to take care of the people that are in the military and make the military an option for people as a career choice. And and really, you know, um, up the pay levels. You you do get you know you do get the nice benefits, but if you have to go on food stamps stamps and you're an E five or E six, um, you know those benefits don't mean a damn thing to you. Yeah, we need to bring the military back to where it used to be. Yep. Where the the benefits were great, you know, the pay was was good. I mean, now the military is on the. If I remember right, the military is uh, getting a pay cut. Yeah, they are. They keep getting more and more pay cuts. Yeah. And and another another thing that I had talked about some time ago was back, you know, back when I was uh, 17, 18, 19 years old, and... If you had a uh, if you had a kid got busted for shoplifting or you know got got in trouble with the law, a lot of times the judge would say, "Okay, here's what you get: six months in jail or join the army." Mm-hmm. And people would join the army and they would straighten their act up, they would get their lives in order, and and they would make something of themselves. Well, now we don't do that. You know, the the joining the military is no longer an option because we have all of these privately run prisons that make money off of more prisoners. So rather than send them to the military, they send them to the private prisons because that's now you know private prisons are now a business. Um, that that to me is wrong. Prisons are supposed to be run by the by the government, and they are a place of punishment. They're not a business. You know, you look at like CCA, Correctional Centers of America, and all the rest of these companies that are running the prisons. They're making money off of us. It's not. It's not helping society um, as much as it would be in taking some kid. You know, you take a kid that screwed up with the law and put him in the Marine Corps or the Army or something, they're going to straighten him out. But yeah. if, you send him to, if you send him to prison, he's just going to learn to be a bigger criminal. And the next time he, he goes to jail, it may not be for a, a minor charge. It might be for, you know, a big charge. So anyway, yeah, we need to, we need to, um, we need to look at the military and get that in line with uh, civilian employment. Anyway, very good point, Brian, and I'm all for you on that. I'm 100% on that. Uh, okay, Lou, uh, we're coming down to a couple of minutes here, so uh, give me your final thoughts. <laughs> My final thoughts basically are the same as always, which is slow down, Take your time. Get there in one piece. Enjoy the view. According to my clock, we are past time. Uh, according to my studio, we have eight minutes left. I'm 
uh, I think this this studio clock is off a little bit. Yeah, because I've anyway, got four. Okay. Anyway, there you have it, folks. So let's, let's hope we see some candidates that are presidential that talk about the goodness of America and how we could be even better. Let's let's find a candidate who says, yes, we are trillions of dollars in debt, and here's how we're going to fix that. We don't want to owe anybody. Not personally, not professionally, not business, and certainly as a government, we don't want to owe other nations like we are now. We need a strong defense force that will make a potential adversary think twice about attacking us. We need a military that is not only strong, but is satisfied in the fact that they are the best trained, best supplied, best paid military in the world. That they want to stay for that 20 years. We have people that go into the military, they sign up for two or three years, they see what's going on, and they're immediately right back out again. We have a military of recruits. We need career people from the military. And in order to do that, we have to take care of them as good as, if not better, than if they were in a a comparable civilian job. And I want to hear a candidate start talking this. It's a great country. You know, I had the opportunity of growing up overseas and seeing other nations. And in the 50s and 60s, when we got on the ship in Germany and we came back to the States, and you come up to the the port of New York City, and the first thing you see is that statue standing out there in New York Harbor. Our thought was, finally, we are home. And it was a good thing. We're home. We've been other places, but we're in the best place. And even GI stationed in Germany in the 60s, when they were talking about their time in Germany getting short and they were getting ready to go back to the United States, they would say they were getting ready to go back to the world because that's what it was. The world was the United States. We need that again. We need a great country. We need a debt-free country. We need a strong country. And so far, I haven't heard any of the presidential candidates talking about it. So let that be a word to the wise here. If you're a campaign manager for a presidential campaign, you need to get on the ball and get your writers writing about how good this country is and how great it can be. Picking at each other. Because when the election is over with, you're going to need allies. And I'm not going to be your friend if you spent the last year putting me down. Okay. Thanks, Lou. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, people, for listening. And we are going to close with our closing theme song. Uh, We will see you here, hopefully, next Sunday. I have to set these these shows up every week, so sometimes I just don't have the time, folks. 
but we will try and be here next Sunday. Thanks again, Lou. Thanks again, Brian. Thanks for listening, folks, and we'll, we'll see you here on uh, the Interactive Internet on Blog Talk Radio. We'll see you next Sunday. Bye-bye. Again. Don't know where, don't know when, but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Keep smiling through, just like you always do. Don't know where, don't know where.